tune in, tone up. The one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In episode 11 of this podcast, we look at delay, different types of delay, and how to adjust it to get the tone that you want. We look at violining, David Gilmore's playing on another brick in the wall, sweet disposition, heavy metal tones, and much, much more. Okay, Dan, after last week's lesson, I was hoping for some more tips about David Gilmore's playing. That kind of got me thinking about um, delay pedals. So I've brought along, I know it's not an analogue delay pedal, but I've brought along uh, Line 6 Pod XT Live that has got delay on it. And I'm wondering if you can kind of show me how to use the delay a little bit and maybe talk around delay pedals and, and the like and the styles that go with it. Absolutely. I think there comes a time in, in every guitar player's life when you realise there's a bigger world outside of the bedroom than your guitar and your amp. And you start wondering why things sound the way they do. Why does that guitar not sound like like normal? What's going on? In our naive youth, probably when you and I took up the guitar when we were knee-high, we just saw people playing guitar on telly, and these, these things didn't enter into our brains. They never drifted through our transom. But the more you learn about guitar and the more you learn about music... You hear things, you know, like pedals, effects. I realise there's a hell of a lot of guitar players out there who do know what all the different effects do, but there's also a lot of guitar players, like young players in particular, who are just starting out. You may be quite confused as to, to what different effects are. I remember, I know this sounds really, really stupid, but when I was a kid and I didn't really understand about all of this stuff... I remember thinking of delay pedal. What's the point in playing something and not hearing it until several seconds later? <laughs> not realising it was it was an echo repeat of what you've already played. I thought it's like, what is this going to put it three bars down the line for me? <laughs> <laughs> different, different delays do different things. The world of the delay pedal and the effects pedal as, as we know it has changed a lot over the years uh, along a long time of, of development. Way back in the day, if you go back to the 50s, people used the tape delays. And they were literally a tape machine with a number of different tape heads that would record your guitar and then play it back through your amp at a designated point later. So for the early shadow sounds, that's what they used. I think the Watkins Copycat was one of the most well-known ones at the time. And because the tape degenerated over time, often if a tape was getting a bit old, there's a certain grittiness to the repeat. And people kind of liked that. You know, they certainly kind of... There, There's a pedal out there called the Strymon Capistan. There's a delay pedal specifically targeted at those who want the usefulness of a of digital delay pedal, but with all of the different functions and also some of the failings, if you will, of the old tape system. So you can dial in how much crinkle in your tape you want or how much grit in your, your tape you want. Over time, things then moved along a bit. And then by the 70s, we had things like the Roland Space Echo, which was well known to be used by David Gilmore. And there are still working examples out there that fetch reasonable sums on eBay. And that was a, you know, a big unit, which was a delay unit that Roland did, which, which was a, probably one of the, the first proper analogue delays. After that, along came Boss Pedals. I guess that was probably the next the next port of call. And by the sort of late 70s, early 80s, Boss had shrunk it into a delay pedal, which I think is the DM2. It was the first delay pedal I ever tried. Do you prefer the digital or the analogue one, or do you think it depends? Well, it's a funny old world now, because these days a lot of the digital stuff will do replicas 
or sort of replications, I suppose is the word, of, of what the analogue stuff does. When Digital Delay came along in the 80s, it was like, wow, that's amazing, that's awesome, you know, because we have clean, bright repeats. So with digital stuff, it's like getting your sound and having an absolute copy of that sound repeated, repeated, repeated. So with a delay pedal, for folks who may be unsure, I'm sorry if I'm if you think I'm talking down to the ones who are sure, but I'm really not. I'm just trying to make sure everyone's informed. We play our guitar into a delay pedal. We hear that guitar sound come out of our amp, and then we set up the delay pedal so it gives us an echo or a repeat of what we've already played. A delay pedal will allow us to alter the amount of repeats. We'll talk about this in a while. And also how loud those repeats come back. So when digital delay came along, the idea was it was moving the game on. Analog delay had several problems or were seen as problems. But as we know with music, a lot of the idiosyncrasies <laughs> of guitars and stuff. It's all about perspective. <laughs> it is all about perspective, you know. One of the guitars I play regularly is a, is a Gibson 58 reissue Les Paul. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's essentially a 60-year-old design. Yeah. And it's pretty much like the original, you know, okay, the pickups are slightly different. But apart from that, it's a big, heavy old Les Paul with a massive, big old neck on it. At one time, that would have been seen as a bit of a dinosaur. But unfortunately, all that wood equaled a hell of a lot of good tone. Yes, And so sometimes we hark back to things that maybe the game had moved on, but actually the old stuff still does something for us. So people were using analogue delay, like, wow, I've got delay, I've got echo, that's brilliant. But there were two problems. One problem is usually it's quite a short delay time. So folks, this is the difference between you playing the note and hearing the repeat. This is the delay time. So the time for the pedal to take in the note, think about it, and spit it out so many milliseconds later. So the delay times were quite short. The original, I think it was the DM2, the original Boss Analog Delay, which was a bright, sparkly purple pedal, that particular pedal, I think, had a 300 millisecond delay time. That's not an awful lot in retrospect. No. It's not a massive time. Yeah, back in the 50s, this wouldn't have been such a problem because they were after the slapback sort of sounds and still a lot of country guitarists use a slapback delay. Slapback meaning almost immediately that you've played the note, the repeat comes back. I mean, short and sharp. Did it. You know, like that. Yeah. Did it. That was the sound of rock and roll, rockabilly, country. Great. That's fantastic. But as we went into the 70s and the late 60s and prog rock came of age and the psychedelic stuff that Pink Floyd were churning out, People wanted longer delays. They wanted more. They wanted more atmosphere. So the boss boss came along with the analog delay. Sorry if this is a really convoluted story, but it's a story that needs to be told. When the 80s came along, digital delay was sort of heralded as the new thing. It gave us longer delay times, and it gave us cleaner repeats. So this is the other thing with the analog delay. As you turn the delay time up, the repeats get dirtier and muckier and grittier. Yeah. As they, they they kind of decay, yeah. So if you start with, say, 200 milliseconds delay time, uh, the repeats will be cleaner than probably at 300 milliseconds. And the more repeats you have, the dirtier and grittier they get. Now, at the time, the 80s, as we know, didn't really function on that kind of thing. It, it was all about pristine sounds. Whereas people started to look back at the old delays and realised that they, they put a halo around the guitar sound, they had a warmth to them, that the digital delays didn't. Okay. Now, digital delay, it works really, really great when you want something very clean, very, very precise, and you want zero mess. Analog delay, however, can kind of put you back in time. You know, you listen to the intro to, to the Another Brick in the Wall, part one, where it's just Dave Gilmore, there's some keyboard sounds and stuff going on. <laughs> and yeah, yeah the yeah. kind of repeated sort of D, D string. It has a real warmth about it. It's almost like there's this bubble, this bassy warm halo around the tone. And a lot of that I would attribute to the analog delay sound. If you go and try a carbon copy delay by MXR, which was the first MXR pedal that literally blew me away, I thought that sounds amazing. It's a longer delay than you usually get for an analogue delay. It's 600 milliseconds, up to 600 milliseconds, rather than 300. 
and it's got a real warmth to it. It really, really does sound different. Very, very different. Now, talking of your multi-effects and things, these days, a lot of the digital delays, either the pedal form ones or the sort of multi-effects ones that store a number of different delays, often feature different options for the delays. It's no longer a case of digital analogue. The world has moved on, and there's a lot, a lot more choices yeah. these days with what you can do. Has that got a decay on it or something then, so you can inc- increase an analogue sound out of it? Straight to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk through what the different things do on a delay pedal. Um, traditionally, and it will depend on your pedal, so if you go into a music shop and you find yeah. that these things are not on your delay pedal... Don't say to the poor guy behind the desk, I have this guy on tuning tone up. (laughs) Different delay pedals at different price points have different things going on, but there are generally some basic functions that you see on quite a few of them. The most obvious one is delay time. So as we mentioned earlier, this is the time between playing the note and hearing the repeat. Now we've set up a delay sound and with a little bit of reverb too, Tell me to. Yeah, so if you could just hit one short, sharp note. So you can hear that, 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 that. So the delay time is set so that you hear the note and there's so many milliseconds, it's always divided into milliseconds, later we hear a repeat. Some pedals will also also divide it into beats per minute. Yeah. So if you've got a music score in front of you and you have to do it so it fits with the music, that's another thing you can do. Okay. You know, some delays as well, I'm going to say this now, when you set up a delay pedal, there are some things where you can be a little bit more liberal with the delay time. And there are other things where it really has to be what it has to be. Mm. You know, If you're doing a song where you're actually using the delay to bounce off of, this is different. So the delay nice time one. is the, dis- the difference, the time difference between playing the note and hearing a repeat. The other thing that you'll most definitely have, one would hope, on a delay pedal would be a feedback control. Feedback is basically the the amount of repeats. I mean, different companies label things differently, so don't take this as gospel, obviously. And sooner or later, when you twiddle the knobs on the pedal, you'll know. But the feedback is, is how many repeats. Okay. So we've got what's the time and how many of those repeats we're going to have. The other thing that's a really important one is mix. So this is mixing your dry signal, so that's the signal coming from your guitar with the delay signal now with certain things you might want the delay very loud in the mix if it's a really integral part of the song so if you take uh, the edge from u2 for example <laughs> <laughs> sorry i call him the rim it's an ongoing in joke uh, the river the river oh, nasty oh. so yeah like the the edge kind of tends to play off of the delay itself so using the delay and the actual sort of timing of the delay and plays notes off of that delay sound. So he's he's using it as an integral part of the sort of music, yeah, as it were, rather than just sort of fairy dust on top. You know, you've only got to watch Bill Bailey. You know Bill Bailey? The yeah. Comedian? Like Love te- Bill Bailey. Technical failure at a U2 concert. It's hilarious. If you've never seen it before, watch it. And it's like, it's basically, if all the effects die and everything dies, you know, there, there, there's, the, there, there's the edge going bing, 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 bing. Brilliant. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. So, different ways of using a delay. The mix is very important, as I say, because it alters how loud that effect appears against your original sound. So is that effect as loud as the notes coming from your guitar already? Or is it buried a little bit? And this this affects also how much you can kind of dial in the delay. Okay. You know, and, and it still sound good. So let's talk about the delay we've got there. So you want to have a little play with that sound we've got going on? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I find, particularly if I may borrow your guitar for just a second, delay can sound really great at the end of phrases too. Yeah, Yeah, I 
the end of the phrase ring on the game or even hit a single note I guess yeah sometimes sometimes we can sort of blast our way through with the delay first time I ever tried a delay pedal I was probably like 15 or something and I could I could play a fair bit but I'd never really experienced the wild wacky world of effects I was just going into it and I remember going down to a music shop with a, a drummer he had kind of good ears but obviously he's a drummer so you, Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about a, yeah. <laughs> just an animal of some kind. Um, but yeah, no. To be fair, he sort of said to me, you know, you've got to play cleaner. So you're playing to the effect. You know, if you if you kind of just play the way you've always played and stick some delay on it, doesn't always work as well. You know, you've got to play to the strengths of the sound that you're using. Yeah. Or another way of doing it is you know dialing the sound that plays to the strengths of your playing. But there's always going to be a time when... A Good bit, to be able to see the other, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you, look, you take... Like we were going to talk about the, the Dave Gilmore sort of style and the sound. There's always going to be a time when you want to get that atmospheric kind of thing going on. And as much as you can try and play as atmospherically as possible, nothing beats having a little bit of fairy dust on the guitar tone just to kind of smooth things along there. It creates atmosphere. Yeah, I was played a GCSE piece the other day by um, the head of music of the school, and he said this would sound really, really good if it had some proper sort of ambient reverb on it. And you could hear it, you know, it would sound like a film score if it did. But on its own, it was like, yeah, there's some really, really good ideas. It just sounds a little unproduced and a little unfinished. And your guitar sound can end up sort of a similar way. We don't necessarily want to drench every tone in, in effects, but certainly they have their place. So, leaving it ringing at the end? Yeah. It's like... And also, sometimes I'll slide out of a phrase, but then I'll sort of mute immediately. You get the tail end of that delay. Like that. I'll sort of maybe sort of finish the phrase, but instead of sort of holding onto that note an extra long time, I'll hold onto it for a bit then slide down, leaving the delay repeats. So... Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot there, isn't there? (laughs) Yeah, there's stuff you you can work with it, you know. You also find that, you know, you can use delay quite well when you bring it in with um, vi- the violining technique where you bring in the volume control on the guitar. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. Um, again, there's several sort of ways of dealing with this. You're not hearing the... So I was still using harmonic there. Yeah. Probably better to... show you yeah, um, what show I me. mean sometimes it's easier to show you than <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying playing your guitar Gary very <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. very good choice of axe I have to say I had a bit of help <laughs> well <laughs> finger hooked around the volume knob and it's I'll, like as you play isn't it then? that's right and we're sort of plucking the note and then bring it in the, the prs is is beautifully balanced guitar perfectly placed volume yeah knob. it's <laughs> just like right where you want it yeah it couldn't be more perfectly placed there is a common misconception when you see people do violining for the first time that they want to wind the volume all the way up you don't need to do that yeah. You can just bring in a little bit. That's better for the delay, actually. You can hear the delay in it better then.
that an arpeggio idea or are they pentatonic? Um, that was indeed arpeggio, arpeggios yeah. with extra notes. But yeah, you can. <laughs> Yeah, how much more can there be to learn? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's like opening it's Pandora's like that. box. Metaphorically oh. <laughs> <laughs> speaking. Yes, yes, it is, it is. So we're hooking our little finger around it. The tricky thing is kind of hitting the notes with your pick while at the same time you're sort of violining in and out. Remember, you don't need to move the volume that far. Okay. The tricky bit is actually that you need to get the volume off rather than on. That's harder, I think. Okay, okay, yeah. See what I mean? It's very easy to kind of have it Difficult. on a little bit, whereas we're looking for it to be completely off, so everything swells together as we bring that volume up. The note swells in nicely. Good. Up to about. Try a slow arpeggio, like wah, 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 wah. It'll just give you a feel for it, yeah. and you want to try and get it as even as you possibly can. It's, it's, so it's not volume, an easy technique to, to, to execute. The volume should hit the same roughly every time. Yeah, I mean, on a Les Paul, it's virtually impossible. <laughs> Well, the volume controls are right down there, aren't they? Yeah, you need the neck pickup and very long middle finger. I'm not going way off, really, am I? I think I'll have a play around with that. Yeah, the scale idea as well, where you're sort of going down. Can you show me again just so I can yeah. see how much volume you're adding in and That's stuff like it. that? So I'm going to describe this as well for the for the five people who've had the patience to listen <laughs> to my waffling so far. There's a couple of ways of, of going about sort of making nice sounds with this. Arpeggios sound really great. There's some really good footage, if, if you dig it out, of Yngwie Malmsteen doing this very thing. Okay. You know, we're all a bunch of thieves. I had to steal it from somewhere. Uh, so the arpeggios work very well, and also kind of scale things work well. Brian May, I believe, in the early days, used to yeah. use a delay, long before harmonisers were even invented or thought of, he used to use delays to give him some of his harmony sounds. So he would play a note, and then as he moved to the next note, the old note would be repeating. Gotcha. So... Add it to the mix type thing. That's it. So the little, the little finger, for, for my money, where I say the PRS is so well balanced in this regard... My little finger can actually kind of almost roll it on and off yeah. from the top. You're up to four or so, aren't you, I think? About that, three, four. I would start in one place, just roll on. I'm also finding that, for me, and I realise everyone's anatomically different... As I'm rolling my little finger on, I know where I've got just enough because I can feel the volume knob under my third finger. As my little finger rolls it, I can feel that volume knob just touch a certain place on my third finger. Yeah. Now, I know that sounds like hippie stuff, but guitar is such a touchy-feely instrument. And when it comes to judging things on the fly, like where your volume and your tone controls are, it's a combination of your ears, your eyes... And also what you can feel. Yeah, you don't want to be looking for those numbers, do you, in the dark? <laughs> That's right. Stage. So try it on maybe one note. As you come up the one string scale. maybe a, a few strings which is more difficult yeah that's it 
Then you can try something maybe a bit rhythmic. Down two and up one. Yeah, it's all yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. Gotcha. Really simple. Obviously, you can go down vertically rather than horizontally if you want. A little bit trickier as you get towards the lower strings because of the stretch. Quite a stretch on the on the right hand, the picking hand. That's it. Now, if you want the arpeggio ideas take some normal shapes that you could use you could start with ordinary chord shapes that you're yeah. used to playing open string shapes they're not really going to work possibly quite so well i'm afraid but any of your regular bar chords are going to work yeah and you could take any of those chords if you weren't too sure of the arpeggio shapes The shapes that the kind of shapes that you'd play for say like E minor C D I went E minor yeah. C, C A with a C sharp bass oh, okay. D B with a D sharp bass Gotcha okay So after you've got that far with it, if you know your sweeping shapes, so maybe your guitarist is a little further down the line, and you yeah. know your sweeping guitar shapes, they make very, very good fodder for this kind of thing. So. Violin. <laughs> That's why they call it violin. <laughs> so when you're way up there, <laughs> yeah, you can you can do some violin sounding pop. Violining, violining in that regard, obviously, it almost becomes like a little piece of music in itself, I guess. Yeah. Let's maybe have a look at the kind of sound that you could also play off of, but maybe something that um, would, would work for something like The Wall by Pink Floyd or something like okay. that. Okay. The first thing I'm going to do here, I'm going to whack the delay mix. So now our mix is too high. So this is a good learning curve, actually. So our note... Feedback, I'm going to reduce it a bit. David Gilmore was getting quite a lot of that sound off of uh, repeating the notes with his picking hand. I think a bit of both. The feedback's quite. basically done here when you look at different delay pedals and stuff they all have a different way of doing things yeah so often like your single delay pedals they're all about getting a sound straight away setting it up very very easily and away you go with the multi effects and this in this particular case it appears to be the sort of failing of this particular unit yeah is you're a little bit more limited than you would like to be over your delay settings now it could be that you set up a delay and then you assign the foot controller to it and then you can tweak certain aspects of it. That might be it. 
Yeah. Sometimes with the multi-effects units, that's the case. So we've set up a sound which is kind of meant to be for the wall. They've used an analog delay. <laughs> feedback so this is the thing as well i would i would urge people to do with effects is set something up and then go back and tweak it get it close and then tweak it bit by bit right you know by all means try all of the most outrageous settings on on the pedals that you can possibly get but you usually find with most pedals with most effects they have a kind of a very broad sweep of what they'll do. And yeah, you might hear like a Radiohead record with something kind of outrageously wild on it or a Cardiacs record with something crazy going on. Yeah. And yeah, you know, there's definitely room for all of that stuff. But for most of the things that you're going to end up playing down the dog and duck on a Friday night... You're probably fine for your regular songs that you need fairly regular set of sounds. I mean, I must admit, out of all of the sounds that I, I use, I have two different pedal boards, and out of those sounds on all of those pedal boards, the only ones that are real oddities. On my small pedal board, I have a very fast vibrato set up on one of my pedals, and that's for playing Money by Pink Floyd, because you've got that kind of guitar sound going on with the wobbly kind of vibrato. And then on my other board, I've, I've got a Strymon timeline delay, and I've got some pitch-shifted delays, which we can talk about later. And I've also got some slapback delay. Yeah. Um, and I've also got some ducking delays as well. Uh, now, that, that must be similar to where you auto-duck, so like there's a note and it changes when the next, next note comes yeah, in. Yeah, the ones you um, use at the dog and duck on. Yeah, they are, they're they're right. Right. <laughs> yeah, probably might be. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean... The, Again, these can be misleading terms if you're not sure what they mean. Ducking delay has been around for a long, long time. The whole idea with ducking delay is it's sensing what's coming in through the input. So the more you play, the more the signal that's coming through, the more the delay kind of pulls back. So if you've got a solo and you want a delay on the end of some of your nice long notes, but you're also going to put in some pretty hairy fast phrases as well, a ducking yeah. delay won't be a static delay that just sits there. It will pull the delay out when it's sensing that you're gunning it and it will slide meticulously and smoothly back in when you're wanting it on the end of a, a long note or something. So it's quite a good delay if you're thinking back to when ducking delay kind of first came of age, which I guess was like the late 80s. You know, if, if you're in a hair metal band and, and you want to do a nice a nice big melodic solo but then put in one hell of a hell-raising run of a little face melter in the middle of it, you know, but you want a nice delay on the end of your slow notes, a ducking delay might just be the thing for you. Yeah. Um, that is used, I find, on, on certain things. It means sometimes if you don't play much, if you're just playing the odd note and then you use a ducking delay, the delay can sort of seem to kind of come out of nowhere. You very much have to set it up for what you're going to do with it. Got to remember it's on, yeah. That's right, otherwise you don't play very much and it just goes boing, 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 and then you play everything and it's as if it's not there. But yeah, duck, ducking delay is one which the first time I ever heard of it, I think, was on the Rocktron Intelliflex. I believe it was the late 80s at Rocktron, who were a company who did things like the noise suppression systems called the Hush System. And they also sort of specialised in rack equipment, which was popular back in the day. Yeah. They bought out a unit called the Rocktron Intelliflex, and it was basically a full-on effects unit. It was sort of top of the pile at the time, quite an expensive unit. Mm. And the ducking delay was one of, one of its highlights. <laughs> the other kind of delay you can get as well is a pitch-shifted delay. What you kind of get is almost like a harmony effect. So... In one of the bands that I play in, we're only a three-piece, we're only guitar, bass and drums, and we do a Coldplay song that has some kind of rocking bits in it, but also quite a sort of spacey kind of sound to it. You know, as some of their more modern stuff is quite spacious and atmospheric. And I use quite a, a sort of a fast sort of dip, 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 dip kind of yeah. delay time, but it's pitch-shifted in fifths. Uh, so on the delay pedal that I'm using on, on that song, I can choose whether I want to go as far as an octave below or an octave above on my pitch. That's shifting. quite a big range. Yeah, I it's was huge, thinking it yeah. might just be within the note, but you know, that's a big range. It is quite a big range, and it, it gives quite an interesting, an interesting kind of 
the sound to certain things but again it's one of those delays that you kind of use with care you can set it up for an octave above and it gives it a very sparkly almost keyboard pad string pad kind of sound to it almost unguitar if you've ever tried sort of shimmer reverbs which do a very sort of similar thing i've heard of it i don't think i've tried them i use a shimmer reverb on one of the songs we do in one of the bands are playing which is comfortably numb the big pink floyd song and I do it because it kind of gives you almost like a keyboard-like atmosphere going on underneath the ordinary guitar sound. And uh, yeah, it's it's like a reverb. Reverb's essentially lots of mini delays. Yeah. And then it's, it's kind of sort of, I think, probably pitch shifted up an octave to give you the sparkle. It's a whole world opening up. It's, it's crazy <laughs> stuff. The ex- world, old expensive world. The, on, well, the world but, of pedals has changed a lot over the years. You know, back in the 50s, I guess if you had a Telecaster or a Strat and a basement amp and a Fender Spring Reverb unit and a Watkins copycat and maybe Tremolo on the amp, that was your rig. That was as elaborate as it got. And then as you moved into the 60s, you had wah, fuzz, all those sorts of things. I mean, the wah-wah pedal was, I think, introduced in about 1960 or 61. It was quite Mm. early on, actually. And I believe it was an organ company that actually built it. Right. An organ company, yeah, they, they kind of got hold of it and built it. And Vox, I think, were the, the first company who really sort of took it on, if my memory right. serves me correctly. And yeah, so some of the guitar stuff comes from really funny places. Pedals through, I guess, the sort of 60s and 70s were really, really popular. Then rack-mounted gear took over. And, you know, for the last sort of, I guess, sort of 10, 15 years, we've had a, we've had a, a pedal revolution. Mm. The stuff you can get in a pedal form now has the processing power which far exceeds what most racks had you know back in the 90s i was getting quite quite interested still am really but obviously need to wait a bit longer now but uh a, a, a looper pedal i thought would be quite useful for somebody who plays quite a lot of stuff in their in their bedroom so as to speak <laughs> mm. Quite good. Looper pedals are kind of cool. I, I, you know, I don't think they're particularly easy to use. I, yeah. I kind of keep meaning to kind of go and buy a basic looper pedal because I feel it's one Not of those cheap, things like, that I yeah. really, really should get my head around. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not always cheap. You can get things like the TC Electronics Ditto, which is yeah. real simple. Yeah. And if you try, you know, I've, I have tried to use looper pedals before, but not in a live situation. And I wouldn't say I've done enough of it. Yeah, to, to kind of sort of, I'm not, I'm not sort of a past master at it. Boss get review, quite good reviews for some of their, yeah, they're know, pretty some of their, good. Their pedals. There. If you want what I, I, what I consider to be one of the most amazing examples of how to use a looper pedal, hmm. have a look at Katie Tunstall doing Black Horse and the Cherry Tree live on telly. I think it's on YouTube. Okay, and she she puts everything through the looper. She puts a vocal harmony vocal i think there's a tambourine there's a guitar doing a percussive thing and she's leaping all of it it's that's brilliant have you not seen it (laughs) no no i'm gonna show you it because it's looper magic man (laughs) that's gotta be it hasn't it yeah what's she got there then i think that might be a digiset one She's there on her own, isn't she? That's it. <laughs> I think that is an exceptional example That's of brilliant. how to use a looper pedal. Yeah. A lot of delay pedals, funnily enough, folks, have a looper pedal built in. Okay. Certainly the TC Electronics Flashback and the Flashback Times 4 both have a looper pedal built in. Uh, the Strymon Timeline has a looper pedal built in as yeah, well. Yeah, that's the one, isn't it? Yeah, it's the, that's the daddy. That's the, yeah, that's the one. So the sound I've got here is the sort of uh, brick-in-the-wall kind of... 
We can't kind of get it completely precise, unfortunately. Just change the speed you play. things like that when it's when it's got to be the right amount of time it can be quite um essential to set the the right delay time with this unit we're a bit limited with how much yeah. we can play around with that unfortunately now here's another one where it's essential to set the time um do you remember this tune <laughs> Disposition. Right, okay. It's called by the Temper Trap. And the muting, where the muting kind of clicks yeah. that note. We can then play off of it. chance to play your delicious guitar. <laughs> I'm very jealous of that. You've got to keep your eye out for one. Thank you. 
to delay for you. sort of a, a nice addition to your sound for example for, for quite a few years I used an amp that had no reverb yeah and instead of buying a, a reverb pedal because I was playing mostly kind of rock stuff I used a delay pedal instead and actually if set correctly like, like the initial ambient sound we were dealing with the delay never kind of got in the way Right. I realised later on when I started playing sort of functions and weddings and things, when you're doing sort of more strummy things, the delay sometimes tries to almost trip you up. And yeah. then I realised that actually a reverb pedal was an essential item. And also, people didn't really use so much of the delay stuff on their guitar sounds, I guess, sort of back in the, the 60s. And if you're doing classic rock, it kind of sometimes with, with delay, it sounds maybe a bit too modern if you wanted to sound yeah. authentic. But delay can almost sort of widen out that that sound and make things sound a little bit more stadium if yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean with this delay setting the sort of Andy Summers thing from the police we're using the delay to sort of slap back that chord it's an intrinsic part of the riff itself a yeah. bit like Sweet Disposition that riff's like okay but you put the delay in there and it comes to life yeah 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 that's it <laughs> You you can you can Amazing. do some quite. I mean, let, let's have a look at something maybe a little outrageous. Yeah, I'm going to dial something in for you here. Um, What's the sound you've got going on there at the moment? On single notes. Yeah. Right up at ten. With this kind of sound, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is more of a loose kind of delay setting, so. So with right. this, I've chosen the jazz chorus setting. Right, okay. Remember those, the Roland Jazz Chorus Amp? A lot of bands still use this amp as their clean amp, strangely enough. Okay, so you just found the amp, the, the jazz right. chorus amp. Okay. Added a little chorus. Yeah. And some delay with yeah. a sort of 50 50 mix, a fair bit of feedback. This is the kind of thing that actually, if you're doing quite spacious chords. Yeah. You want to do purple rain with that? Spot on, isn't it? That's pretty cool. If 
you want it to be more That's spacious. Fear, isn't it? <laughs> so I've kept the feedback, the amount of repeats, relatively high. Sometimes I find if you want things to give a bit of a halo to the sound, this is a top tip, folks. Try sometimes backing off the mix so the delay isn't quite so in your face, but increasing the feedback so that the feedback kind of trails off, but the mix isn't kind of pounding away with it. Often with delay, I think sometimes there's two ways of using... I know I talked about this earlier about two ways of using it. I learnt a valuable lesson when I went and got a small pedal board. Because whereas before, delay was an intrinsic part of, of my sound on most things. So I'd use an always-on delay that's pretty much on most of the time. 80% of the time it's being turned on. Widened the guitar sound out, created a little bit of ambience in there. But you could still quite happily shred with it and it wouldn't get in the way. There's that way of using delay, where it's all part of your sound. And sometimes when you're gigging with a small pedal board, you've got to remember that, like, well, do I want my delay always on? Then when I go to do a song that's atmospheric, what do I go to? I'm limited with how many sounds I've got here. So then I started using it more like a, a special effect, where I would bring it in at certain moments, and yeah. otherwise rely on the ambience of the reverb. So it all depends on your setup and what you the kind of sounds. So that you take the do. reverb off and just use delay. I tend to re- use the reverb. I tend to leave it, it on most yeah. of the time. If you've got a special reverb that's particularly big, like a massive hall reverb or a shimmer reverb, something that's a bit special, you're not probably going to want to leave that on all the time. But if you are using a, a basic sort of do it all room reverb, which is what yeah. I tend to use, I kind of leave that on. I don't usually like it completely dry. But the delay I can then kind of bring in and out as I so choose. Cool. But it can cool. also, Very for a lot stuff. of people, form part of their sound. I can't, I can't remember who was it. Red Beach, I think it was. The guitarist from Winger. And he was then, sort of a couple of years ago, I was playing for Whitesnake. And he said, I just can't stand a dry guitar sound. So he always has 300 milliseconds of delay on everything, regardless. Probably more when he wants a bit more. But if you crank the feedback up you find that the delay trails a little less abruptly. This is if you, this is what you want. And then sometimes you can bring the mix down. So it's just there underneath. So how are you getting control of just the uh, part muting type? Being a clean sound, it's quite nice and easy to control it. Um, Because the delay isn't in your face as well, it's not boinging all over the place. I remember a few years back going into a pub and this duo were playing, and the guitarist went for a solo. He was playing Johnny Be Good or something like that. Johnny Be Good really doesn't need anything apart from maybe a dash of reverb. If you're going to do it in a kind of rock and roll, rockabilly style, I guess you could add a bit of slap back if you wanted that. Yeah. You know, like a lot of those guys did. Although Chuck Berry, I don't think, used that sound too often. Uh, R.I.P. It's going to sound like old news. <laughs> It'll sound like old news. It'll be like a month before this is out. So yeah. uh, for us, it's only just happened, folks. It's only just begun. <laughs> yeah. Someone else has popped their clogs. Yeah. You want to be fairly subtle with that effect, I guess. Or slap back if it is going to be fairly loud in the mix. It's a fairly short delay. Yeah. And this guy kind of had a delay that was boinging all over the place. And it was like, oh, way too loud in the mix. And it just kind of is solo, just unfortunately, not because of his playing, but because of the sound that he got with the delay. Ended up being a bit of an abortion. You know, well, you he, think he had the mix too high? I think the mix was too mix. high and the delay was a little bit too long. And it just kind of, it just didn't really work. Do you know what I mean? Subtlety is frequently the key. If I set the mix really high, or higher than I would normally set it, the delay you repeats are quite loud. My own play is not subtle, lost, is it? Isn't it? Yeah. No. If I reduce it back a bit, I could actually then forward to crank the feedback up quite a long way. Because you can play over that feedback. Because it's disappearing in the background. Yeah. That's a lot of feedback. 
Yeah, it's just going to go on forever, isn't it? <laughs> so try a few mellow chords okay. on that. So that's a fairly nondescript delay setting. If you were playing something kind of big and atmospheric, it, it could work quite well. Something like that, I'd probably be inclined to kind of let notes ring a little bit, taking the delay with them, you know. Like that. Yeah, or you utilise some things with some nice open string sounds in them. Yeah. You hear how good that now sounds? Sound, shall yeah, we? Yeah, 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 definitely. Let's see how metal yeah, this is. It's sort of coming straight back, but there's a little bit more feedback and it's quite low in the mix. It's a bit of an old school metal sound, really, if anything. Yeah. But the, the idea being that you can almost get a kind of faux double tracked effect. Double tracking is where people play something and then they record over it the same thing again. want your PRS to be black, satin yeah. finished, yeah. and with a set of EMGs. Oh, the Floyd. <laughs>
That's right. De- yeah. Delay can do lots of different things for you. I mean, I sometimes think of delays in a way and, and sounds as, as sort of sitting in different eras. Yeah. When I go and I use my my big pedal board with my full on delay on there, I've got delay. I've got like slap back delays that are kind of like the thing you'd use on rock and roll or country. So I put that in the kind of fifties category. Yeah. And then I've got some analog delays which are really nice. That kind of smacks of the seventies. I've got some clean, pristine digital delays which work very well if you're doing something like Purple Rain, which is obviously an eighties classic with very eighties production on it. Uh, there's so many different ways of using it good thing about having a multi-delay like you've got here is there's lots of opportunity for experimentation without losing the delay sound you've got because you can always store it and plenty of storage on there isn't there that's it and you can always you can always sort of try a number of different delays unfortunately with things like the line six stuff you either love the sounds or you don't it's either for you or it's not you're either the kind of guy who plugs into an amp and pedals or you kind of guy who goes for multi-effects but there's lots of multi-delays out there and they do allow you the ability to experiment somewhat. Yeah, yeah. You know, with, with, with sort of Which means approaches. you know what you potentially like if you then want to go and get something a bit more analogue. Well, if you want something kind of like a more, you more stripped down thing, I mean, something I would advise that everyone have a look at because it's so pretty interesting and you wouldn't believe there's so many different kinds of delay, is go on YouTube and search for Pete Thorne and his... Oh, yeah his uh, run-through of the Strymon timeline. This delay came out four years ago. It's pretty hard to beat. I mean, the, the Fractal Axe effects has amazing effects in it. And yeah, the delays on that and the delays on the Kempler, you know, like the amp modeling. Yeah, yeah, they're all talking things. about that. That like is that. all supposed to be really, really awesome. But of course, those are quite expensive units. Yeah. And if you've already got an amp and a few pedals and you just want to expand what you've got, you might want, want to lash sort of 1,600, 1,800 pounds on something like that. But if you really want to kind of explore the delay side of things and you haven't done before, have a look at a Strymon timeline used. They come in at around £300 mark, brand new around a £400 mark. Yeah. If you want to use one live, you'll probably want their multi-switch, which is about 80 90 quid. So it's not the cheapest entry so. into delays. If you want a cheap version of it or a cheaper version of that kind of pedal, have a look at the, the Boss DD500. This comes in at around about half the price. No, yeah. sorry, not half the price. What am I talking about? I must be crazy. 250 or something. About 260, 270. Yeah. And again, it offers a whole host of delays. Um, but the, the Strymon was the original and is the daddy. It contains yeah. lots of different interesting delays. And Pete Thorne's demo is great. He shows you a tremolo-affected delay, not affected with a, an actual pedal, but actually an effect which is built in yeah. to the timeline. He shows you pitch-shifted delay, pattern delay it has in it as well. Before we even talk about stereo delays, which pan from speaker cabinet to speaker cabinet, and then you've got dual, wow, dual delays. <laughs> so, like the the edge from U two, the rim, um, is quite well known <laughs> for using what we sometimes refer to as dual delays or multi tap delays. They're also referred to as yeah. multi tap delay is two delay settings working in tandem. Now, again, the Strymon timeline has that. And you, you know, you've you got delay one. I'll set that up as I want with the feedback and everything else I want, just so. And then delay two, I can set that up as I want. And so when you listen to some of his things, like where the streets have no name, it's two delays working independently. Yeah. But sometimes you will have that in the same unit. And if you go stereo, then the delays will ping pong from cabinet to cabinet. Highly, highly effective. Also, if... When you get into things like the timeline, it sounds like I'm now an advert for Strymon, really. Isn't it? <laughs> they do do amazing, amazing stuff. With that, one thing that I found with the, the timeline that was so good is you could go into it and you could do lots of different stuff that other delay pedals won't allow you to do. You can do smear delays. So this is kind of where you take the delays and you literally sort of kind of smear them into one another like a reverb, yeah. and it creates a reverb-like effect. That's really, really big sounding and really interesting sounding in the right place the other thing it has high and low pass filters so you know you play a solo and you love the sound on the neck pickup but you hate the boom that you get from the repeat of the delay bring in the low pass filter and it will shelve some of the bottom end in the delay repeat so you get 
you get the bottom end in your playing, but not in the repeat. Yeah, so you don't get, get that kind it? of big, big, kind of bloated yeah. kind of sort of repeat sound. There's so oh, much stuff. <laughs> the technology goes on and on and on. The other thing that's a super cool thing with the Strymon Timeline, if anyone's writing songs or writing an album... You know, it's an in, as Pete Thorne says, it's an in, inspiration box. Yeah. You can even, it even has a loop, and you can actually put an effects pedal in the loop so that only your delay repeats are affected. So you can put a flanger in the loop so that all your delay repeats are flanged. With the use of the, the multi-switch that you can get for it, it has a looper on it already, but you can actually turn it into a six-button looper if you want. So probably you know number of different things you can record and store and repeat. It's an amazing piece of kit. You think four hundred quid for a delay, but honestly, it, it it's an incredible piece of kit. Keep my eyes open for one of them. I think. Oh yes, <laughs> definitely. Well, I hope that's been of, of some amazing. help and a bit of an insight into the delay thing. Yeah, that's no, been brilliant. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar gear. If you enjoy this podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website at tuneintoneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and other resources. I hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. (laughs) 